Normally when you speed things up, they get higher pitched. That does happen. Yeah, That's true. it's science, Noah. Magnets, how science, do they work? bitch. Noah's too young to know how tapes work, so. It's true. I bet you don't even know what a DVD is. Or who Journey is. Never That's what I got a, IRL. A vinyl record. Somebody, somebody, somebody told you, you that you wouldn't know Journey? <laughs> yeah, when I worked at the record store, this man is like, I'm looking for a band you might not have heard of because you're so young. What? They're called Journey. And I that was one time I was such I was so much more rude when I worked at the exchange. I fully broke customer service. I was like, maybe if I've been living under a rock. Yeah. <laughs> What the hell? What would you think Sometimes you I just lost my patience with old men at the record store. <laughs> yeah, that's valid. Uh, it's just like Don't I, Stop Believing was like, like literally mean? everywhere for the last thirty years. Like Yeah. Yeah, I've never turned on the radio, the TV, or walked outside before. So I've never heard of Journey. Yeah. yeah. That's I stopped believing. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know the significance of that phrase because as previously mentioned, <laughs> never heard of Journey. Uh, Captain America, I understood that reference, except he says, I do not understood that reference. His own reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you know, a band I, I am aware of. What, what band? Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. That's who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Who's here that? Here at Casual Obsession, we're here to gab a ghoul. It's, uh, we, Jeff, you can't call him a ghoul just because to, he's 72. To gab a goblin. <laughs> he, he doesn't look or act like he's 72. He kind of acts like he's 72, just a little bit. He's, and I think he, that's he, great for him. <laughs> yeah. So Jeff and Noah and I, um, our town does this... Uh, it's a yearly horror fest. Yearly horror fest. And they, last year we went to see Nosferatu with a live organ um which, which one was really fun the original the, silent one the the uh, no, the organ was pretty loud actually was it <laughs> a heart or like a liver intestines emma <laughs> <laughs> i love we're on two different levels the here. blowhole anyway <laughs> <laughs> uh but this year uh that was last year this year um no blowhole this year no blowhole, no blowhole this year um, just a lot of synth. Uh, we went to see uh, Goblin, the yeah. one of the current incarnations of Goblin, the band that did uh, the score for Suspiria and Phenomena, which you may remember and, from us uh, watching them. And almost mm -hmm. every other Dario Argento movie, basically. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, it was really fun. They played songs from all the hits, uh, plus uh, Halloween and The Exorcist, which yeah. was really yeah, fun. Yeah, their version oh, of the Halloween cool. theme was really fun, actually. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. All, it was a all gobbled up. And it's on uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Pretty excited Yeah, if you it, like synth, uh, <laughs> yeah. Claudia Simonetti's Goblin, uh, they're still making music. Um, it's fun stuff. They're still releasing some stuff. Yeah, he was talking now, about in a new fairness, album that they were. He uh, name dropped a new album. Yeah. That album came out in 2019. He's so it's mean. New, he, dude. That's literally me. <laughs> dude, new compared to the 70s. This well, is new. it's funny because their their Suspiria reimagining came out last year. Uh, but that's not original material, so it doesn't count. Well, yeah, that's that's so the <laughs> the one original album that's there is just like this is our new album from 2019, <laughs> four years ago. <laughs> yeah, the devil is back. <laughs> the devil is back. I love that as a title. <laughs> yeah, 
It was so fun. It was a really uh, fun show. You know, and fair warning, though, you almost see Dong in it. There are two 3D rendered men where one of them, I was so excited, right? If there was going to be a, th- a horrifically 3D model dick on one of those ugly 3D models. Sorry, hold on. Just because... for context for anyone listening, they had a video screen up. Yeah. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. There, there was a video screen up. The and the whole time. Yeah, we're watching people get murdered. We're watching all kinds of stuff, and I'm like, there oh, my God. There were a lot God. of boobs as well. I can't believe. <laughs> Lots we, of boobs. We were so close to being able to review it saying, and there was Dong. But there... It was so, so close. close. So Honestly, close. when they were playing the song from Tenebrae, I thought there was going to be more boobs, but there wasn't. There could have been astronomically more boob in the Tenebrae video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was. Tasteful of them, frankly. Very. <laughs> yeah. They picked the coolest looking kill. Um, the crowd was small. Uh, when that we went to Nosferatu, the theater was, was packed. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was sad. And as a result, the energy was. As good as it could have been. Yeah. Also, that. it was a 9 p.m. beginning to the concert. And, and I feel like that old. hurt it. A bit. Mm. A bit. But at one point, he's like, here, sing along with this. And the energy was incredibly low. And he just kind of laughed. And he was like, okay, no, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was for Yeah, you did too. your best. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. He's like, I get that you guys know how it goes. That's Stop hilarious. It. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that was a really good time, and yeah. I'm glad that we went. The band was, was very awesome. clearly having a fun time with the material. Yeah. yeah, and with and with each other, they seem to get yeah. along really well. Always good to see. Um, can I? What else? Can I pitch oh, something? Yeah. yeah. Go I, for for context, audience. I have not brought this up to anybody uh, on the <laughs> podcast because I just thought about it. Okay. So <laughs> you talking about this Halloween related event that you went to or mm-hmm. horror mm-hmm. Halloween related event you went to um, made me think like, oh, dang, what can me and Piper do in our area that is horror Halloween themed? And then I was like, oh, the other day as we were Ubering home, we saw a sign for a haunted house. Ooh. And I I proposed before our next episode, we all each go to a haunted house. And I mean, you three can go together. Um, That's if right, you want, we can. Or you can go separately. But obviously, I'll, me and Piper will go do our thing. But we can all go, and then we can talk about our haunted house experiences next Noah time. Was we literally just town. talking about wanting to do this yesterday. <laughs> really? I think it'd be so fun. Yeah, we have a, a haunted house in town that's been going strong for a real long time. And mm-hmm. I've always heard that it's really good, but I've just never gone because I've, I've never gone to a haunted house, actually. Be a new experience yeah. for me. Me neither. I went to like a haunted hayride with paintball. It was pretty fun. Paintball. <laughs> Very <laughs> different oh, experience. <laughs> yeah, they had. Okay, let me get let let me tell you. There there was the hayride, and then in the in the like back of the tractor, they had um, mounted paintball guns, <laughs> and you could shoot at the at the scare actors. That sounds awesome. Actually, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Was it like zombie themed um, or? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. <laughs> it was it was a good time. I love um, that. Uh, I'd be down for that. Uh, I have to steal my nerves, though. So, um, not me. I'm built different. I buy <laughs> my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> I think that'd be uh, great, other, though. Other ghouls. I think so. Um, More traditional Noah and I ghouls. watched The Lost Boys. 
Yeah, yeah oh, we Lost watched Lost Boys. Boys. I've never watched you know, Lost Boys. I'm happy to say, whatever you think the movie is going to be like, it's probably that. It's about yeah. whatever yeah, you've I've absorbed it... culturally. Honestly, I haven't absorbed too much culturally about the Lost Boys. Uh, as it turns out, neither had I. I had <laughs> no idea what this movie was about because I was like. Oh, I've, I've heard it's kind of like a little bit gay and there's like vampires and it's California. Okay, firstly, the gay is not subtext. It's not like overt, but it's way more overt than you would expect it to be when people say there's some gay subtext in this film. Good. I love that. <laughs> um, That's a big plus. It's super it's... corny, but not in a goofy way. And then it is. It's corny in such a sincere way. It's like we're doing leather clad motorcycle vampires and mm -hmm. we're doing it good. and it's like okay good when they good. say like all of the energy you would expect from a movie about vampires in the 80s titled lost boys all of the kind of energy and whimsy and kind of uh adventure of of that kind of concept of like kind of how reckless like teen boys would be if they were immortal it's yeah. really fun. It's just it's it's a really kind of um it's it is a classic for a reason. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh there's an original song in it that plays every now and then that just explains to you that vampires can't die. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I love when song, Wait a minute. I love when movies have a song in it that just explains something about the people in the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Uh, I didn't know. Okay, confession time. So this is I. This, this is a problem of mine. When a song from a movie gets really big, I often don't know that it's from the movie. Oh sure. Uh, this uh, like um, the Scott Pilgrim song, the Metric did. Mm -hmm. Um, but Cry Little Sister, I didn't know that was from Lost Boys. I was like, ah, Cry Little Sister. Wait, is that which is in Lost Boys? Was that not made for Lost Boys? It, I it I, it is. It's the theme. Oh yeah, okay, cool. Oh wow. Yeah, theme from the Lost Boys. Um yeah, the the um the sung lines basically just give you like a real quick rundown of this is what vampires are like. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really it's really fun. Uh I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, also, it shares a, an actor with the movie we're watching tonight. Um, the actor that plays Tommy in um, Friday, the final chapter. Uh, also, sorry, I'm reading. Noah pulled up the genius for Cry Little Sister, and now I'm reading some of it. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I just pulled it up to remember the lines are, Thou shall not fall, thou shall not die, thou shall not fear. <laughs> And then thou shall not kill, which and, that's not true. Oh. Anyway, uh, the actor who plays Tommy Jarvis in Friday 4 also plays a character named Edgar Frog, who is, the, <laughs> he has a brother named Alan Frog. So they're Edgar and Alan Frog. Incredible. Like, oh Edgar, like Edgar Allan Poe. Oh anyway. Edgar Allan Frog. <laughs> and they're just these two teen boys who lurk at a comic shop on the boardwalk to warn people about the vampires. Yeah, to in hand town. them a comic book titled Vampires Are Real and How to Kill a Vampire. <laughs> so good. Um, I don't like horror comics. You'll like this one. Yeah. <laughs> Edgar and yeah. Alan hand you a comic book that says the seas are lousy with Draculas. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that was a good one. Nice. Jeff, you had one to gab, didn't you? 
I do. I watched um, Reanimator because in the last episode, Noah was like making fun of me for not having seen Reanimator. Uh, frankly, hey, I mean, now that you've seen it, I was right to, right? Honestly, I, I, I didn't love it. I, oh. I like it. Right? <laughs> I liked it, but I feel like I, I actually kind of just I liked From Beyond better. Well, I've never seen From Beyond. I don't know. So. Like there, see, like in terms of like as a as a cringe Lovecraft fan, right? I love Herbert West Reanimator as a short story. One of the things that mm-hmm. I really love about it, though, is that our boy Herb gets his start while he's fighting in World War One, and to remove that from his character, I feel like kind of removes a one of the things that I thought was cool about him. Not that mm-hmm. it like spoils the whole story or anything. Yeah. I think with the alterations that they made to bring it into what was at the time a modern setting was like really neat. And I thought what they did with it was cool and such. But like just as a movie to watch, I didn't love it the way that I was hoping to, you know, that's fair. That said, net positive review from me, though, wouldn't hesitate. I was to say, watch you can't tell me that you didn't love his his wonderful. Rah, 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 yeah, his wonderful relationship with his roommate where he's just like, oh, what did you want me to say? <laughs> He's he's a perfect asshole, really. They're they're portraying the character really well, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, your cat's dead. Don't know how to tell you. Anyway, I'll be back later. <laughs> I was gonna bring it back. I don't. What are you mad about? <laughs> I love it because it really is. If Victor if Victor Frankenstein had a, a one friend, one yeah. singular friend. <laughs> well, I love how like they don't even really become friends. They live in nope. the place <laughs> together, but like they're not friends. <laughs> What if Victor Frankenstein had a roommate? Just a roommate. That's all it is. Who yeah. hated him. <laughs> Who hated him. Yeah. The school stuck me with this weirdo and he kills people in his basement. I'm very unhappy. <laughs> and he's like a little bit annoyed by it as well. It's just, it's a fun character dynamic. You know, the mad scientist and the regular guy. Mm-hmm. I love a mad scientist and regular guy dynamic. Yeah. It's just fun yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, I read a horror that. novel. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, it's not a novel. It's a novella. Um, oh, yeah. Easier to read. Even it's quicker. It's called um, Nothing But Blackened Teeth. Mm-hmm. It's it's like something that I've seen thrown around a lot um, and like recommended a bunch. Yeah. And so I picked it up and read it in one night because it's like 125 pages. It's very short. Oh, that's short. if you have... If you're in our Discord server, you read my opinions. Um, And I'll just read my opinions again on this podcast and explore them a little bit more. Um, (laughs) So I feel like I'm not the right person to judge it because it's chock full of Japanese cultural references that I just didn't understand or get. But I didn't love it narratively. None of the characters are Japanese, but they go to this haunted manor in Japan because they like to ghost hunt for fun sometimes, and two of them wanted to get married at a haunted location, and then shit goes down. Even though none of the characters are Japanese, the book is full of cultural references that aren't explained narratively at all, even though it would make sense narratively to have something or someone explain these things because the characters shouldn't be super aware of what they are either. Uh, And there's a lot of sequences where certain small, largely unimportant things are given paragraphs of description, then huge things that happen are given like one sentence of description, and then aren't really acknowledged by the characters in the scene at all, even Mm. though it's been established they're seeing these things. Um, 
Another thing is that the author uses really artsy and not straightforward language to describe things pretty often, and it makes it really hard to follow what's actually happening in a scene. Um, especially for such a short book, that can be a little Especially for such a short book, yeah. Um, and all of the characters have like a lot of drama towards each other and a lot of history and like secrets and things. And you're expecting all of these things to kind of like blow up into like a larger thing as the book goes on. And none of it really ever does. <laughs> and it's just like, I've spent a good portion of today looking at people discussing the book. Um, and on TikTok, I searched the name of the book and like the first like, Eight videos were all negative critiques on it uh, and then i found like Damn. one that was like i really liked this and people in the comments were like i liked it but like these parts were weird or like i just didn't get what they were going for here and the person's like yeah i totally understand it it's weird <laughs> and i'm like yeah i just think it could have been done a lot better um and it could have been structured a bit better. But it's short, so if you want something quick to read, um, go for it, by all means. Um, my it, toxic trait. <laughs> yeah. My toxic trait is that sometimes I read bad Goodreads reviews for books that I never intend on reading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I need somebody uh, to read this so that I can complain with them and we can talk about it. Because well, I feel like short. I'm just like not getting some stuff because some of I'll, my critiques look some of my critiques i haven't seen anybody else really bring up mm -hmm. um but i don't know i did read back when we picked revelator for yeah. our first book review this one had been on the list of books um to maybe pick and I remember I went through and took a peek at a couple of the ones that interested me. I took a peek on Goodreads at their ratings. Um, and th this, I pretty consistently with this one. And then I think there's one called Baby Teeth that was also on there. That the, Both of those had pretty consistently negative reviews. Um, Baby Teeth was, there's no story here and it's just weird. And then um, for this, for Nothing But Black and Teeth, it was a lot of... Um, this was confusing. Nothing was really explained. Um, kind of, kind yeah. of vibes. And I did also see a couple reviews that this is primarily why I didn't suggest that we read it, but um, why I was interested to hear your take was a, a a lot of people mentioned the fact that like it's set in Japan and there's Japanese folklore, but none of the characters are Japanese, which is like not a problem because when you have like foreigners stumbling into cultural practices, that's a great setup for horror and for critiquing cultural appropriation and ignorance. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. But they, a lot of people said they felt like it wasn't done well because um, that didn't seem to be the theme of the story. And yeah. nothing seemed to be super well explained. Yeah. Um, There's one white character, rich white character, where it is explored like a little bit. It's kind of like mentally talked about in the narrator's head of how like it's weird that he's doing all of this stuff. And it doesn't really specify what ethnicity everybody else is. Um, except one person, they say, like, they're half Japanese, but they're not really, they don't know the language or really anything. Um, but you just know they're not white. 
but all of them are taking part in this appropriation. And it's just like, it's not really discussed at all. Right, because that could be a really interesting story to tell. Um, Yeah. So, but I'll probably give it a read because now that I'm done with my current book, I could use sort of a breather before I jump into to the next big Brandon Sanderson book on my list. Yeah. And one one quick complaint. This happens further in the story, but it's like joked about of being like a horror movie trope. And so I don't feel like it's like a spoiler to talk about it. But they're like, oh, how do we deal with these ghost things? And... They're like, oh, there's a library. There has to be a book talking about like how to defeat the ghosts. And yeah. none of them read Japanese or know the language. And they're like, okay, let's go check the library. And then they find a book and it tells them how to beat the ghosts. And I'm like, how? You don't know the language. How do you know what the yeah, book is what? talking about? <laughs> uh, it's oh great. God. Wonderful. Love it. <laughs> That would annoy. Yeah, that would annoy me too. Yeah. It's cuz that's I, That's a problem. <laughs> it's kind of telling. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a Friday the 13th movie, so the the plot synopsis is simultaneously really easy and also the most difficult of all because how do you remember all the events <laughs> of a Friday movie in order? That's just so true. It's an impossible so task. It's just a jumble of bullshit and kills. Right. You remember the end. Yeah. <laughs> you watch the movie until a corpse gets thrown in through a window. Anyways. <laughs> welcome back to the Casual Obsession Horror Movie Podcast, the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies. I'm your host, Jeff, and today we are talking about the last Friday the 13th movie, the fourth one, obviously. They never made any others after this one. That's why it's called The Final Chapter, R.I.P. So true. Joining yeah. me in this very sad so episode true. is uh, my co-hosts, Noah. Sad, sad, sad. Nina. Uh, sad. And Emma. Sad. <laughs> Emma, I'm sorry, you're breaking up, you're breaking up. I don't think we can hear you. <laughs> oh, let me try, let me try again. Sad. They, there we go, there we go. Came through that time. <laughs> Just can't quite get it all the way out. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of non-spoiler plot synopsis, it's man, it's a it's a Friday the Thirteenth movie. You've heard three of these already, right? I mean, like, it's it is really just the same movie again, but a little bit better this time, debatably. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just uh, Jason's out killing again, more or less. Uh, so uh, Noah, how's the uh, the critical reception looking? <laughs> <laughs> Well, IMDb's putting this at a 6 out of 10. Really? Uh, Rotten, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, you might agree with this better. (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes has this shit canned at 24%. Oh, God, 24? Oh. Metacritic with a 33%. Yeah. And Letterboxd with a 3.1 out of 5. Hey, okay, that's back up. (laughs) Now... Yeah, <laughs> I I have a couple. I didn't watch the video because this was back when uh, Siskel and Ebert were Siskel and Ebert, mm, and right. um, they talked about this stuff live on TV. Right, right. Ooh. And I didn't watch it. However, I have. Heard we some all things. know Ebert hated all the Friday the Thirteenth. He hated <laughs> slashers just in general. He he shit can't like me for habit. real. But this one in particular, I actually maybe I can find it real quick because I did find a yeah, quote he, from him. 
where he called he it despised a, these. Oh, here it is. He called this one, quote, an immoral and reprehensible piece of trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is wild, considering this is the best one so far. <laughs> True, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, <laughs> we have a Twitter brand. But, for but hey, 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 hey. Oh, let's go. Let me drop the Twitter brand, Nina. This is my <laughs> bit. Bring Twitter Brandon into my podcast and out of our personal life <laughs> was my moment. <laughs> I disagree with him on this one. Hi, Twitter, Brandon. I know you listen to these. I hope you do. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> Enemy of the podcast, Watch November Brandon. 2nd, 2020. Okay. 3.5 out of 5. The first one in the series that's actually great. Until this, they ranged from terrible to fine. It's the first time the fran- <laughs> in the franchise that it feels like an actual filmmaker is behind the camera. <laughs> Once again, 3.5 out of 5. So glad they finally I'm, I'm, fired that Walmart director they had before. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm in your what? walls, Twitter, Brandon. I, I went through to check his ratings of the rest of these. Uh, because over the last three years, he has finished most of the franchise now. Okay. Mm-hmm. He considers four and six to be the peak of the Fridays. Common opinion. He loved five. Oh, he's wrong. Um, he's just thought, wrong about that. Uh, thought X was mid and thought Goes to Hell had a lot more promise than it was allowed to explore. Well, both of those are interesting. Generally fine opinions, I suppose. Why is he like five? I remember that being like the worst one. It's... It's the one that was filmed by the porn director, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's the Sleazy Friday in my memory, but okay, I don't know if that's I'm true. really it's looking forward to the sleazy next year. one. Like, did you watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I'm gonna just jump into giving my review. Well, hold here, on, right? hold on, hold and, on. But Nina was talking about disagreeing with Twitter Brandon, and I think that's a discussion oh, yeah. that belongs in the critical reception segment. Especially yeah. about Twitter Brandon. Yeah, in the Twitter if we're Brandon roasting segment. Brandon, then we're doing it in the Brandon section. This is the time. Okay. So true. I Sorry, just Twitter Brandon. This was a five out of five. Yeah, totally. Um, I think that this one doesn't feel any more like an actual filmmaker is behind the camera than the first three did. No, not really, no. Like, this this guy loves throw. So this is actually a great time to bring up something that's the first note on Noah's notes, which oh. is that he would like us all to remember that this movie came out five years after Alien. Yes. Mm. So with that in mind, this movie does not feel intentional in any way that Brandon's little review would make it sound. <laughs> um, no, a no. lot of it's the same meandering, like, bullshit that it always Majorly. is. <laughs> um, all, a lot of the kills are kind of staged the same way. Like, like cinematography doesn't feel that much more special. Yeah. Um, well, like I just said, it's the same movie again. Yeah. Like, if you yeah. think it's better or worse, then, like, okay, sure. But, like, it is just the same movie again. It's kind of like with James Bond, watching all the James Bond movies, yeah. where at some point the just the the language of movies that we talk about here on this podcast when we watch old movies, it just kind of naturally evolved to be better. And I think crediting any of that natural just evolution of movies getting better as time goes on to something specific about this movie is is not true. Yeah. Um, but that's my that's my opinion on Twitter, Brandon. I think he's um, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think that's Valid. fair. 
Anyway, I'm here to issue an, an official statement, right? Oh. I have adjusted my ratings of the past. I, firstly, I don't know why I gave Friday Part 1 a 9. The movie sucks. Nine it's star objectively Noah not great. Oh my Nine God. star Noah. It's, it's objectively just not great, right? It's hard to watch. It's the start of the franchise, but it doesn't have most of the elements that everyone loves and remembers the franchise for. We're growing and Corpse maturing. Getting We're growing and maturing as people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Everyone's favorite. Jason in the hockey mask, corpses in windows. It didn't and, have that, but... Um, you know, other stuff. Um, I actually went through and bumped down my reviews of the other ones because I enjoyed this more than one and two, and Fair. about equally with last year. Oh. But then I rated this one a, a five out of ten, and I'm like, what are the other ones? Out of curiosity. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> I still like them, right? right. Yeah. But, you better. We have a giant fucking poster on the wall about him. Well, I, okay, here's the thing, right? I love Jason. Jason <laughs> That's the thing, right? is great. <laughs> However, Friday the 13th part 2, 3, and 4 could be cut down into about a two-hour mega movie. Maybe not even two hours. <laughs> and you wouldn't lose much. Um, I would hate that. So you said a five You might like it more if it was... Three 90-minute movies. I'll Rick. say, yeah, watching watching the clips. You're cutting two-thirds of the movie out. Watching the clips of Suspiria and Phenomena over the music last night, mm. I was struck with nostalgia for movies that I didn't like while I was watching them I, <laughs> because of the, of the music and the fact that they were showing the best parts of the movies. I was like, yeah, Suspiria is great. I don't... <laughs> like Suspiria that much. Um, I, I was reminded I that Suspiria is a fundamental element of how I feel about horror because of the pearl-topped pins in the eyes. It's gorgeous. It's it's really pretty, but it, to The me, rest it's of the like, movie, okay, but like that specific well, the, bit, mm, the thing about Suspiria, it's like looking at an like, art piece. The, the soundtrack and the visuals are constantly warring to be the biggest thing demanding your attention, and because of that, the story suffers. Mm -hmm. It has to. It would get in anyway, the way, but... Um, that's how I feel I could, I could watch a Friday movie is if you made it into a music video. One might say that um, could be like the ideal way to watch Friday the 13th movies because then it would just be a kill montage and that's all a slasher is trying yeah. to be usually. Yeah. Um, so my rating, uh, we know about the slasher scale. On the slasher scale, um, fundamentally, I think something has changed about my slasher scale after watching, um, Hellraiser 2021, Two. 2021, two, after watching Hellraiser 2022 and, uh, Malignant, my slasher mm. scale has been skewed to the point where it's basically just my normal movie scale because I've realized I do like slashers when they're good. Yep. Uh, this movie <laughs> is a, <laughs> this movie is like a three. Aww. Nina's out here with Friday or with a nightmare on Elm street part two and three erasure. Acting as if she didn't like oh, those. Oh yeah, I did like Nightmare. I do like Nightmare. Um, it's almost what because I like it's about, uh, original and new and a fresh take on the genre. <laughs> what I like about Jason is who he is in the pop cultural consciousness. I like the Jason who uh, uses sign language in Worthy Kids videos. I like the Jason who doesn't like sex and alcohol and drugs and is just a mama's boy. Like, I like this kind of woobified version of Jason who is still a murderer, mind you, um, way more than I like the actual movies. But I do think that that kind of, 
you by the fourth movie we're starting to see that cultural consciousness come to, to through in the character itself specifically mm-hmm. in um the opening scene in the hospital um feels very no sex no drugs jason okay. and uh, throughout this whole movie basically and then also um the ambient horny energy brought him back to life <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> but, see here's my here's my thought though is while like Freddie is remembered in a very specific pop culture way as uh, a funny, goofy quip guy who murders people mm-hmm. and everyone forgets the fact that he was a child murderer and that was his whole thing. Jason never really actually hits in the in the movies because like Freddie hits that point really quickly. Actually, he, he starts hits wisecracking early on. Yeah. And you bypass all the child murderer, Freddy Krueger stuff. By the fourth one, I don't remember that being nearly the plot point it is, like, in the beginning, right? We're going to find out in a couple of weeks. And then, Uh, well, we'll find out, yeah, in two weeks. Find out how we feel then and if I eat my words. But (laughs) my memory here is Jason actually never hits the point of where he sits in pop culture. In the movies, he never quite hits that point. But I see the foundation of it. Especially in this movie with the ending and the way they defeat him. Mm. Um it's it's very that and then and and then how he's uh he the whole like Pam's Pam's head shrine thing, mm. um, dressing in the sweater and whatever. Those yeah. two kind of similar moments, uh, and you know, the rising from the dead because he senses people are about to get it on. <laughs> Um, the, like that's, that's, great. <laughs> that's like, I'm seeing why it, in the first like two or three movies, I was like, hardy har, but I don't really get why this is the pop culture version of Jason we got. But by this one, I'm like, okay, I can see why hmm. we've, we've turned this character into who he is today. Um, but yeah, three out of 10, I did not like this movie very much. Uh, no, okay, I'll give it a four. Four out of ten. Because, hey. uh, you know what? It's an 80s movie. It was watchable. Um, I knew the characters' names. I can tell you probably all of the characters' names in this one. Cannot do that about any of the others. So I know hmm. Teddy's name. True. Teddy, well, who could forget? Because Jim, he's, um, Teddy, you want to give Teddy, Teddy Bear Jim, a kiss. Sarah, Sam, uh, Doug, and Paul, Doug. and Trish, and Tommy, and the twins, one of whom is named Tina. I don't know if they were both named something close to Tina. Uh, Terry uh, is the other one. Terry and Tina, and then Rob. Uh, I have You're forgetting Rob. a character. Jason. Jason? Jason. Jason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Noah, also, you got interrupted, and you were saying that your old rating for the movie was a 5 out of 10, and then you readjusted things. Oh, no, no, but- this is the 5 out of 10 movie. I rated this a five out of 10 after watching it. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is a solid five out of 10. And I don't know how high a Friday can go, but I I realized that while I love Friday part six and that one's going to get bumped up just by, by my love for it. The other ones I do not love as much as Friday part six. Mm. So they, they got adjusted accordingly to match a more truthful scale system. This is a five out of 10. I think before when I did my initial watch through, it was a seven, maybe. Mm-hmm. That seems fair. Yeah. I think I think my uh, initial watch through of these from, oh God, 2018? Years past. Uh, when I watched through the first seven of them, I think it was like a seven. Got it. Um, Nina talking about how Jason turned into a 
like anti-drugs and sex and all these things like character made me think like the dare program from way back when (laughs) should have had a shirt that was like jason and then it was the dare logo and then underneath the dare logo it said you to try so it's like dare you to try with like jason (laughs) he's like i think that would have been great yeah I'd like to use this as a moment to uh, plug Nina's red red bubble. Uh, yeah, my red bubble. I have uh, actually got Jason as Smokey the Bear with a sign that says no sex, no drugs, no alcohol. And then <laughs> another version that says only you can prevent premarital sex. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, so those go are on my red bubble. <laughs> I need to redo them. They're not up to snuff, but oh, well, they're still there. Until you do that, funny. Nina did it for me back when we lived in the Cory apartment, yeah, and then we never got around to buying them. Wow. Unlike the, uh, the, the Candyman Candy poster, poster, which I would change nothing about. I think it's perfect. I look no, at it every day, fantastic. and I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fucking genius. Um, mm-hmm. It's a good design. That one but was yeah. like, that one came with the new movie, right? So it's not that old. No, no. the My, my design of the poster is from when we were still in Corey. So I think the new one had been announced, but the new one had been announced a long a time before it came out. Yeah, yeah, we watched the In This Apartment is when we saw the new Candyman. Mm-hmm. So that was actually purely fueled by old Candyman. I love Tony Todd. Mm, oh, yeah. So uh, anyway. Back to the task at hand. <laughs> uh, what's Emma, your what's rating? Your rating? Emma? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay, uh, I call two. I call yeah, That's I'll, a generous I'll say guess. maybe a two. You think Emma's not dipping I mean, into like zeros? I don't think zeros it's as low here? as VH. I don't think it's as low as VHS one. Which that was, was well, that was a, one, that was a, that was gonna say it was a okay, zero. Okay, so I'll say think, one. I'll say one. I think all of the other ones I gave one. That's why I think if, this is a two because it's objectively because of the windows better than the other ones. <laughs> the At the very man. least, all the windows are better. Yeah, <laughs> there is a lot of slow mo. Um, I. I posted in our chat when I started watching this movie, like, why do I constantly forget how bad these movies are or something? Yeah. Um, something along those lines. It's kind of like how when when women give birth, they have a hormone that makes them forget <laughs> how bad being pregnant and giving birth is. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like that, but for Friday the 13th movies. Um, I think that's called selective amnesia in this case because I don't think you get a good thing out of it in the end. Yeah, you just repress so, it. <laughs> um, so I I felt that way at the beginning and I hated the beginning, and then as we got to see the interactions of the characters we were going to be spending the movie with, I was enjoying it a bit more. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't that bad because this one has like a bit more of a story to it and the characters actually feel like characters that are like kind of people and have a dynamic. Um, So I was enjoying it a little bit more. I wasn't actively hating my time. And then the ending, I just hated. Um, And so, and by ending, I mean like the last like 20 minutes, really when like Jason starts actively showing up and killing everybody is when I was like, oh yeah, I hate this again. Oh, oh see, I was going to um, give you, I, I assumed you meant maybe the last five minutes. And I'm like, yeah, I get I that. Also I, that. that. Yeah, <laughs> I also hated that. Yeah, I also hated that. But I, I'm going to give it like a two and a half out of ten. Oh. And, that's, 
That's not me saying two and a half just to fuck Noah's guess over. That was, I had predetermined that I was going to give it a two and a half. Hey, I, I'm still the closest by, by like a long by shot. By Price's Right rules, he still wins, so. True, yeah. Well, Price's Right rules, no, you can't go over. But yeah, you it's as under. close as yeah, you can. True, true, Whoever's true. closest without going over, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nina's over here like two stars and one penny. <laughs> <laughs> but Jeff, what about you? I I mean, like, I feel like at this point me picking a number is like pointless almost because I'm it's a Friday the thirteenth movie, and that means that I'm for the most part incapable of judging it objectively because I just love my special boy. Um, I rate it Friday <laughs> out of 13. So true, so true. Nina's dying right now. But, Fuck uh, you. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I think this movie does suffer a bit from some of the stuff that it went through in production and in post-production. It's very obvious that an awful lot of shit has been cut out of it. Even, I mean, like, even by Friday the 13th standards, you know, like, even the even some of the bullshit feels a little bit disjointed and there's just not enough, not enough Jason in it, actually. He is absent for too much of this movie, I think, but, like, even so, I I still really like it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But we, we need a number because I don't think we've ever not given a we've number We've never, before. yeah, we've never allowed yeah, anyone yeah. to not give a number. <laughs> so, so um, you have to say a number. <laughs> My heart is telling me 10, but my brain is telling yeah. me seven might be generous. In terms of like objective <laughs> quality of the movie, come on, I, I know it's not great, but I just, I, I love Jason. So I, I think special boy. to be properly fair to the, the integrity of the rating system, I'm going to give it uh, like an eight and a half. Okay. Which I'm Weirdo. once again I'm aware is a too generous of a number, but uh, once again I don't care. So yeah, that's okay. Um, um, yeah. Trigger warnings though. This this movie is uh, you know it's an 80s slasher. It's got some stuff in it that you might want to be warned of. There's a dog. The dog does die. And double warning: dog suicide. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. He jumps out fuck? a window. So it's a it, the dog dies in a way that'll make you say, "Did the dog just die?" Question. It's mark? never like yeah. confirmed. We don't see a dog corpse. You watch it like spoilers. Like, you watch I the dog jump the... out a window slowly, and that's it. And then the dog never shows the up dog's again. Just I gone thought after when the that. mom when the mom reacted to th- something, I thought she was reacting to the dog corpse, but that. But no, she was reacting to seeing Jason moments before she was killed off screen and never mentioned again. Yeah. So, uh, dog, dog, yeah, that happens. Yeah, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. I can't that figure out why it happens. I, honestly, <laughs> I thought, oh, the dog's trying to get away from Jason. Sure. No. Nah, though. No, like, that's not it. The dog jumps from the second story window. Yeah. Question mark. Um, other things to <laughs> warn other about. Other people survive though. that fall. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, anyway. It's, the, the movie's a little inconsistent about whether a, a, a second story window is a survivable fall. But <laughs> <laughs> movie says hard no until the last five minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, other things to warn about, though. We've got uh, a little sexual coercion that does happen early on in the movie. Um, which is done by a character who, uh, the moment he's introduced, makes a joke about doing some necrophilia. So, yeah, yeah, you know, there's just, uh, 
Some gross and unsavory characters. Don't worry, he dies pretty quickly after that, but not quick enough. Yeah. Um. What else? There, there was something else, wasn't there? Oh yeah, we got um, we got lots of nudity. There is a lot, lots the most in the series up to this point. Mm-hmm. But no dong, no dong. No We've got male ass in reasonable quantities, actually. But yeah. no yeah. dong. There's plenty of of man ass. You know, actually, that is one thing I will respect the Friday movies for is they don't shy away from man ass. They don't. They really don't. You know, they're like people are skinny dipping and they are skinny dipping. No trees to block the man ass. Mm-hmm. But I want the dong. But we want dong, and we're not getting any. Yeah. You know, yeah. unlike the characters in this movie, am I right? But don't. <laughs> so true. <laughs> We also got sexism in this movie. There's some sexism. Yeah. Once again, it's a Friday the 13th movie. I mean, come on. If there's not an incel character, yeah, then what we... are you even doing? <laughs> God, the incel character was so bad. There are two That's incel Crispin characters. That's Glover. Oh, Crispin Glover. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, think Ted is, I think Ted also qualifies I was thinking incel. of Ted Yeah, but he's an incel. Uh, yeah, fair, but like. The fact that he keeps calling Crispin Glover a dead fuck and he clearly, like, keeps getting so worked up about it. it. He's really like, I told him. you not to call me that. And he's like, well, maybe don't act like a dead fuck. And he's like, you know, I've been meaning to talk to you about that because actually, <laughs> I, and it's, it's like he's crying actively right now. He and he's seems like, really, really Hey, Ted, really I've got something I want to talk to you about. Stop I, talking to me and being a dead fuck. Go flirt minutes, with the girls. But I love That's what I the way talk Crispin about. Glover is so deeply emotional about literally everything that happens in the movie. <laughs> Like the more dumb everything it is, that happens, the more he's about to cry about. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like the Jordan Peterson eyes. of Friday the Thirteenth. He kind of is, actually. Yeah, he's just like Ted. I I think what we need to do is we need to be monsters. You know, we <laughs> Ted taking a fat doink on that DMT. That's great, Jordan. That's great. <laughs> uh Watch this vintage porno but, with me. I mean, me. you know, with all with all this said, I mean, is this movie like, is it? I mean, is it scary though? No. Oh. <laughs> no. No, it's not. Not at all. Um, I feel like this is when they discovered how to do like the gla- the like sugar window trick for like broken glass. Um, because they overused throwing things out of a window. I think <laughs> overused. Um, I think there must have been like a, I think they underused. Like a recent advancement in slow mo cameras or something. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's more more so that than the glass because sugar glass has been around for like millennia at this point. I'm pretty sure, but it's the same vibes as the 3D effects in the last one. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. It really is. I feel like this movie could have benefited a little bit by being intended for 3D, actually, because of the windows and the glass. Because of the windows and the yeah. glass, you know, like yeah, they could have had like shards of glass falling on the camera or something like that. That could have been fun. Um, yeah, that was that was the scariest part was just all how the, many broken windows there were. All the glass. You don't think dog yeah. suicide is scary? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to sound I can't, I don't want to sound heartless. It's funny, but there's not many moments in this movie that were funnier than that moment. <laughs> okay, look, and you actually, the dog out like. <laughs> there's one one thing in this movie that's scarier. Mm. Um, where they find like a porn, an old porno movie, and decide to play it on a projector. Mm, that's true. And 
It's just a woman dancing naked, kind of. Yeah. And what's yeah, his naked name? Naked kind Ted? of is the way to say that. Yeah. yeah. He just Ted's gross. Spends the next like forty five minutes of the movie, which is half the movie, sitting there watching it alone, laughing his ass off, smoking weed. And I'm like, why do you find this so fun? Oh, smoking oh, he, weed. He, yeah. Yeah. Oh, he was super well, high. But like, it was just so <laughs> awkward. Yeah, yeah it's so that awkward. Was, that was kind of scary, I guess. Yeah, it's literally not that funny. Like, it's not funny at all. Actually, no. is the thing. Like, no. Okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. To be fair. Okay. Um. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Um, thinking about like the the like time gap between like when they're watching it and when it was made. True. I'm trying to think if I like saw like a '70s porno today. If I would think it was really funny, it you know what that's that's mm. that's a good way to look at it actually. That's if you have any seventies porno recommendations, send it and to you want to send it to us. <laughs> Don't uh, send me preferably any with the big actually, mustache because that's what's going to make it funny. Yeah, really. Actually, do the mustache. Uh, is I am intrigued. Uh, we watched X forever ago. We did, and I've been thinking about it ever since. Uh, so Nina admits to thinking about porn ever since X. Wow. I'm thinking about <laughs> Mia Goth and Jenna Ortega. That's what I'm thinking about. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I heard you had a recap. <laughs> uh, yeah, a, a synopsis of the rest of this movie. All right, so, so this movie picks up immediately where number three leaves off. This is the last in the Friday series to do that, actually. And it's important to remember the second, third, and fourth movies, just this one and the previous two, all take place over the course of like five days, canonically. Mm -hmm. Not on Jason's birthday. No longer Sad. on Jason's birthday, no. Um, all right, so the night after the events of the previous film, once again, this is uh, reading from Wikipedia. Um, the night after the events of the previous film, police are cleaning up the grounds and Jason Voorhees' body, believed to be dead, is taken to the morgue. There's this really funny scene in the beginning where, like, the ambulances are pulling up to like, collect all the corpses and such. And apparently the ambulance drivers have not been informed of what the situation is because they're pulling up and talking to the cops and the cops are directing them around. And the cop is, like, you know, talking to the driver of this one ambulance and says, yeah, yours is over in the barn there. And the guys say, yeah, all right, um, what's wrong with him? And there's this, like, two-beat pause before the cop goes, he's dead. <laughs> They're all dead. <laughs> and the ambulance guys are like, oh, all dead. Some emergency. <laughs> uh, so they, they go, they collect the corpses, they take him to the morgue. Uh, whilst in the morgue, uh, Jason senses that the, the fucking creepy morgue guy is being too horny so he spontaneously revives escapes from the cold storage at the hospital and kills him with a bone saw which was ready uh, and then he uh also kills a nurse with a scalpel uh this is the scene where the sexual coercion occurs and it's immediately afterward that they are both murdered uh, the following day, a group of teenagers are driving to Crystal Lake for the weekend. The group consists of Paul, his girlfriend Sam, Sarah, her boyfriend Doug, uh, <laughs> a character referred to in this Fucking synopsis Doug, as Awkward Jimmy, who is Crispin Glover, and Ted. Awkward Jimmy? I mean, like... Awkward Jimmy? That's gonna, so mean. If you're going to call him one just thing... Just call him Jimmy. You could just call him Jimmy, but... Oh, man. <laughs> 
uh, along the way, they come. They they drive past Pam Voorhees' like gravestone, which is really funny that it's just by the side of the road. Yeah, they just popped it on the side of the There's road. There's not even like no the rest of a cemetery properly there. It's just um, they also drive past a, a a hitchhiker who they make some unkind jokes about, and Jason stabs her through the neck. Uh, they are kind of rude of Jason. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's the she same thing. It's the same thing he does with most people. She, she was him. just sitting there eating a banana, though, and he never kills anyone for just eating a banana up until this point. So maybe that's true, actually. Um. Anyways, they arrive at this house that they have, like, you know, rented for some period of time, uh, which is next door to a house where the Jarvis family lives. Um. Uh. What What are their names? Um. Trish, Tommy, and their mom. The I don't think this synopsis makes any mention of the mom. Actually, that's weird. <laughs> uh, they also it's because have, she's a non-character. She's she doesn't even die really, in a fun she's, way. She's barely there. Her death doesn't get a scene. It's like I I kind of understand it, but um, also their dog's name is Gordon. He is a golden retriever, and he's the suicide dog from later in the movie. Um, while going for a walk the next day, uh, the 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 group of our our teens meet twin sisters Tina and Terry. And pretty much immediately just go skinny dipping with them in the lake. Uh, Trish and Tommy happen upon the scene, and Trish is invited to a party that's going to take place that night. Afterward, their car breaks down, and Trish and Tommy get helped out by a man named Rob, who is out in the woods hunting <coughs> bears? That's what he says, at least. Tommy spots pretty quickly that he couldn't possibly be hunting bears, presumably because there aren't bears in that area. Uh, it's not really elaborated on because nobody listens to Tommy. Also in this scene, Tommy, this is kind of weird. Tommy like tries to repair the car, which is a weird thing for a 10 year old boy to try and do. In an earlier version of the script, Tommy was supposed to be some sort of an inventor. And the way that they win at the end of the movie was supposed to be that he makes, <laughs> he, he was supposed to build some sort of like microwave gun or some bullshit like that and use that to kill Jason. But then they decided that that wouldn't play well enough, that that wasn't a, a good direction for the movie to take. So instead, they altered the character so he's very into things like horror movies and practical effects, and he's always making these uh, puppets and masks and such. And between that and the fact that his name is Tommy, it's a generally accepted thing that it's intended to be a reference to Tom Savini, who is back to do the effects on this for the first time since the first movie in the series. Oh. Yeah, Tommy boy. kid is good at making masks. Presumably because it's I, I was expecting him to have a hoff. I was expecting him to have a, like hockey mask somewhere, and Jason take it. That would have been neat if like like Jason's hockey mask gets like destroyed or something, and then he just like finds that and puts it on. That could be neat. Yeah. Uh. Anyways. Uh. Later that night. The teens begin their party. A jealous Sam sees Tina flirting with Paul and leaves. She goes out to the lake where Jason impales her from underneath a boat. When Paul goes out to look for her, he gets harpooned in the groin. <laughs> God, I love that. Jason, like, he stabs him in the dick with it, and then he, like, hoists him as well. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, Terry tries to leave the party early, but Jason uh, stabs her also with a spear before she can even get onto her bicycle. He pins her to the wall on the outside of the house. 
Mrs. Jarvis arrives home and discovers that the power is out because Jason literally just grabbed the box and pulled it off the wall with his hands because he's on some brute force shit. He's the Jasonator now because it's the fourth movie. Um, <laughs> while searching for her children and her dog, she gets killed off screen. Uh, there is a deleted scene from the end of the movie where they happen across her body, but it gets cut because of some bullshit that I'll explain after the synopsis. Um, Trish and Tommy arrive home, realizing that uh, upon realizing that their mother is missing, Trish goes to goes back out to search for her, and she finds Rob's campsite. Um, Rob is the brother of the character Sandra from the second movie. I don't know if anybody even would remember her at this point because the characters in this movies are in these movies are always just so forgettable. Um, but it it is revealed that oh my god, he's actually hunting Jason. Oh. He's he's after like revenge for his sister and he explains how Jason's body has like disappeared from the morgue and stuff and uh, that he's here for revenge. So being worried about Tommy's safety home alone now, uh, Trish and Rob both return to the house. Meanwhile, back at the party, um, some dancing occurs at one point and tell you what, uh, I don't know how it is that Jimmy manages to get laid after dancing like that, but he does. And after this happens, yeah, no, he he's in a he's doing. Yeah, uh, apparently, fun fact that literally is just the actual way that Crispin Glover danced. Like they they asked him to dance. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't know if the instruction he was given was dance awkwardly or anything like that, or or if he was just told we're gonna put some music on and you need to dance. But like the way he dances is so ridiculous and so I don't even know how to describe it. But according to Crispin Glover, that is just the way that he actually danced in clubs at the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, in any case, uh, he gets to go upstairs and uh, has sex with Tina. And afterward, he goes downstairs uh, allegedly to get a bottle of wine. But it kind of seems like it's mostly just to brag to Ted that he got laid. Um, and while he's in the kitchen shouting to Ted about where the corkscrew is... Jason takes the corkscrew and stabs his hand, pinning it to the counter, and then he hits him in the face with a meat cleaver. Uh, meanwhile, Tina upstairs is wondering where he is. She looks out a window and sees that her sister's bike is still there. And then Jason bursts through the window and throws her to her death. She falls down and crashes onto a car, blows out all the windows at once. And I think this is my favorite kill, actually. Because I love the, like, her falling down and hitting the roof of the car shot. It's very cool. Uh, meanwhile, mm -hmm. Ted, smoking weed, has been watching stag films on an old projector the whole time. And his, his death is actually kind of funny because during the party, he had, there's this, like, teddy bear just sitting on the couch, I guess. And during the party, on two different girls, he tries the same line where he holds up the teddy bear and says, this is a teddy bear. <laughs> And then without any reasonable pause in between, he says, want to give Teddy Bear a kiss as a reference to the fact that his name is Ted. He gets shut down harder the second time than the first, which is hilarious because he gets shut down hard the first time. Whilst watching these movies, he, since he's so high and he says he's also been drinking wine, he starts talking to the woman on the screen and he tries the same line on her just as the tape runs out. <laughs> so the movie is over the moment that he says it 
And then while he's just standing there in the projector light, Jason stabs him in the back of the head with a kitchen knife. And he, you know, he bleeds all over the projector screen as he falls down. Jason then goes upstairs where Doug and Sarah have been getting it on in the shower. And after Sarah gets out of the shower and goes to, uh, I don't know, get dressed or whatever, Jason goes into the bathroom and kills Doug by punching through the glass door of the shower and crushing his head against the shower tile. Although the way that it's edited, it kind of just looks like he grabs his face really hard and that kills him. Uh, yeah. Sarah finds Doug's body and screams, tries to escape, but she gets killed with an ax to the chest through a door. Once again, lots and lots of brute force coming off of Jason in this one. Meanwhile, Trish, Rob, and Gordon go next door to investigate and they discover all these dead teens' bodies. Gordon, it, it says here Gordon flees. This is the part where Gordon dies. He jumps out of a window and he is never seen again. He shatters the glass on his way out. I, I don't know, whatever. Jason kills Rob in the basement uh, as Trish runs away with Rob's machete in hand. She and Tommy barricade themselves inside the house, but Jason breaks in and chases them into Tommy's room. Trish lures Jason out of the house and escapes, and she does this by jumping out of a window. A second-story window. Now, this is the same height as the second-story fall that killed Tina, but, but Trish survives this because she lands in the mud instead of on a car. Uh, and her acting in this uh, particular little scene is actually really good because as she gets up, she's very clearly like kind of fucked up about it. She's having a hard time with it. The way like all her movements are very stiff, very cautious, as though she's worried her entire body might be broken, which it might be <laughs> because she just fell out of a window. Um, but she goes back into the house. Meanwhile, Jason exits the house. And I don't know, maybe... I watched this movie twice. I watched this scene specifically like four times and I cannot figure out how this is supposed to have happened because we are shown her walking into the house and we are shown Jason walking out of the house and it looks like they use the same door. So logically, it seems as though they must have walked past each other, but this is not what happened. This is a very lazily made movie in an awful lot of regards. So I'm willing to just chalk it up to being bad continuity. <laughs> Um, but, uh, basically this works as a, uh, as an attempt to lure Jason out of the house. She goes back into the house and discovers that Tommy has not run away, actually. Um, so she grabs herself a weapon, sensing Jason behind her, and she swings at him. She tries to fight him off, uh, with a machete, actually, but then she gets overpowered. Meanwhile, what Tommy has been doing upstairs is shaving his head and doing some makeup to try and look like a police sketch of child Jason from the first movie, which Rob it's had so with bad. him. so <laughs> bad. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It is completely <laughs> absurd. And I this is the point where, like, I kind of don't like the direction the movie is taking, but uh, this next kill, I think, almost makes it worth it because it's very cool. Um, so... 
Having disguised himself to look like Jason as a child, Tommy manages to distract Jason for long enough that Trish hits him with the machete, but she only hits the mask like off of his face. And as she stands there looking horrified at how how horrifically ugly he is, because, you know, in in previous installments, we remember how Jason is the ugliest man on Earth. Um, Tommy picks up the machete and smacks it right into the side of Jason's skull Jason falls down on the floor with this thing stuck in his head and it like splits his head open as as his head his head like slides down the machete and it's obviously like continuously cutting it further open and it looks kind of great because once again that's that Tom Savini um Jason's head there is uh fully just like a a hand puppet that Tom Savini is like operating himself mm-hmm. as it's happening and his like eyes are moving while it's happening and it, it looks really cool um and then uh as they're standing over his corpse uh tommy notices that jason's fingers are moving a little bit so he starts hacking at his body over and over yelling things and trish kind of tries to stop him but can't and we get a white wipe uh transition to a hospital scene where some basic friday the 13th movie hospital scene stuff is happening basically there's a doctor saying some things and there's a cop saying you better get some rest little lady and then um tommy comes in and they hug and he has sort of a weird look on his face and then we get a white wipe into the credits and that's the yeah, movie. that ending was terrible yeah it's, it's so bad it's not it's not um not the best that it could be i just do not enjoy tommy jarvis and his addition to the movies okay so i feel like Corey feldman is putting in a good performance here but we can't get away from the fact that the character is just not super well written as an addition he just doesn't need to be there he's just not well it's it was part of the intent going into it i might as well just keep throwing trivia out here Part of the intention of uh, including the Jarvis family was to try and have a little bit more of an emotional core to the movie, more of something, you know, to have the teens who are supposed to get murdered and you don't feel bad about them and that happens. But meanwhile, you can also have a group of characters that maybe you do care about. Maybe you are worried. They also kind of wanted to shake up the slasher formula a little bit by having more than just a final girl. They liked the idea of having a child there for you to be afraid for as well and to have that child be not just the one who kills Jason, but to be like one of the survivors just in general. They thought that would be a a neat thing because an awful lot of what was going on with this movie in the making of it, the reason it's called the final chapter, it was intended to be the last one because going into it, uh, basically they were thinking um, it's 1984. People aren't into slashers anymore, you know? Uh, they're apparently mm-hmm. the box office get of a couple of, uh, well, of, of slashers in general at that time was like starting to dip a little bit. And it's it's hilarious looking back on it because like Nightmare on Elm Street hadn't even come out yet. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, man, slashers yeah. are over. Nobody's ever going to be interested in these things. So we might as well just wrap it up, quit while we're ahead. But then also, like, as they were wild. as they were making the movie, it's pretty clear that, like, they, they were still thinking, like, I don't know, maybe we make another one? Because uh, in conversations about how to kill Jason at the end of the movie, Tom Savini was, like, throwing out ideas for different ways they could do it. And one of the ideas he suggested was a decapitation. And he was real into that. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, um, maybe, we, uh, maybe, maybe we don't decapitate him so that we can, you know, you know, just, I mean, just in case, you know. You know, 
Yeah. Right, of course. Just in case. I liked the little kid except for the end. Yeah. Where he was like, I'm going to shave my head. and He's good up until that then, point, right? <laughs> like, And then the end where, like, the camera just hangs on him creepily looking over his sh- sister's whole shoulder in this I... hug. And I'm like, are they trying to set do a thing of like he's gonna be the next jason was the idea yes it was just hold on a second bad but when we first are introduced to this kid and he's wearing like the alien mask i'm like i like this yeah he's a fun character in the earlier parts right and yeah once again legitimately his acting for most of it is actually really good like he's doing a good job hold on what's up do y'all think that's why uh cory halloween ends is named cory Possibly. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Maybe we'll have to wait for our next Halloween episode. Slash <laughs> 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 Um. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I like. I like the the character idea. I don't love the implication. I don't love how Trish treats him at the end of the movie. Mm. Like the the doctors are right. He he acted reasonably in the realm of a 10 year old who's been severely traumatized and acting in self-defense like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Who is, who read those newspapers about how this guy's come back to life several times. And Trish yeah. is like, Oh my God, he's evil. Uh, other characters. Uh, I don't like Rob. Don't like Rob. Don't no. Don't care for Rob. I think he's too cagey no. about the whole hunting Jason for revenge thing. No, I don't like that. He just, I think Trish acts stupid around Rob. I oh, know it was yeah. the 80s, yeah. but like everything to do with their relationship is really annoying to me. I don't like how she meets this random guy in the woods and then brings him to her house, invites him to come into the house, and t- then tells him that they leave the door unlocked all the time. Yeah, yeah she's, and like, she's real stupid. Trish, that, yeah. come on. I was, I was expecting him to be more significant. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's not there. But then enough, he right? just died, and then, if I'm remembering correctly, yeah. because it feels too humorous to be real. Oh. But does he die where you, like you have he's an external shot of the house and people <laughs> running out? And yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's killing me. Oh God, he's okay, killing so, me. Okay, so yeah, I actually didn't believe that <laughs> that was Jason and that Rob was dying. I I was I okay. thought there was like a prank being so played because the it was thing so about comedic. that scene so bad. and the thing about that line, even from early test screenings, people have been laughing at that moment, right? The reason it's written that <laughs> oh, way good. is because it's based on a real thing that happened. It's based on a real murder where a woman was getting stabbed to death outside of her apartment and the whole time she was screaming, somebody help, he's killing me, he's stabbing me, he's gonna kill me, someone help, he's killing me, and nobody came to help her. And the writer basically heard that story and was like, holy shit, that's so fucked up. That's immensely fucked okay. up, isn't it? I'm gonna put that into this movie to try and make this scene scarier and darker and more like morbid but he just made it funny by accident he did <laughs> yeah that's if you only put that, scary in real life yeah if you put that into maybe um especially the kind of setting of sorry no if you put it in the setting of like um evil dead rise sure like mm-hmm. an urban isolation would work kind of for setting, me. right? Where it where it originated, yeah. where it belongs. But if you put it in this, and especially I think the big problem is putting it in Rob's mouth. The guy who came out here to hunt Jason. Yeah. Especially It would work really well. After he tells movies, them to run away. This. 
after yeah. he tells them to run away yeah. and then is like, oh God, somebody help yeah. me. He's killing me. It just me. doesn't make sense for <laughs> him. Like, it makes no moment. sense. Now, yeah, what no, I think it doesn't. would be It's very funny though. It, Jimmy. Jimmy should say this when he's being killed. Jimmy should have a longer kill scene and he should be the one yelling, oh my God, he's killing me because that's a Jimmy thing to do. Right, and then sense, all yeah. his friends would be hearing him and not helping him, which is exactly the setting you needed to happen uh-huh. in. Yeah, I was just about to say, what this the way that this works is literally only if other people hear it and ignore it. That's what makes it scary. Yeah. It would have worked great in Friday Part 3 with Doofy McGee with his chest of props, yeah. who's just like, Shell could have done oh, ho, ho. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember nothing about Friday. You don't remember Incel Um, Shell? There was a character (laughs) who was constantly um, scaring people and then also wearing makeup. And so he walks up with his throat cut and they're like, very funny, Shelly. Leave us alone. And Mm, he dies there because his throat's cut. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like they already did it better (laughs) by having it actually work. But Uh, instead we have Rob. He's killing me, Rob. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, um uh I'm gonna I'm gonna explain the bullshit that I mentioned during the synopsis just real quick. Please do. Okay, so they made yeah. this movie and Tom Savini had all these cool kills and they had all these boobs and whatnot. And then of the MPAA decided, as they frequently did before the era of streaming when they kind of lost all of their power, um, they decided to hold the movie hostage and they just kept like sending it back with censorship notes and shit, just being like, hey, you gotta you gotta bring this and this down by this much and blah, blah. And basically what they had to do was cut an absolute shit ton of the violence, the gore out of it. For whatever reason, mm. cutting boobs was not an important thing. They were like, we will not compromise even a single boob in this movie, but what we will do is cut kills and shit. And basically, the boobs are the heart of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Honestly, it's true, well. actually. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, what they did was they said, um, "Which kills specifically do we want to not cut off of?" And they decided the big one that they wanted to not have to cut was Jason's head sliding down that machete. And they were willing to cut pretty much anything else as much as they needed to, as long as they could keep as much of that as possible. And that's why the kills are so incredibly truncated every time that they happen. I really wish there was an extended cut of this floating around that had just like it's actually in it, but insane that there's not right. Like that would have been a wonderful addition to like the Blu-ray box set they put out in 2020. Yeah, it could be. It like, would be the new definitive edition, like immediately, because it would be so much better. Yeah, because they did. Um, they're all widescreen, and you can tell that they were never meant to be widescreen, and they're all upscaled, <laughs> and you can tell they were never meant to be upscaled. The least they could do is give us the the murder cut. Where every one of these, like, chopped... Because you know, you know for a fact, Tom Savini has the murder cut at home. Oh, yeah. You know he does. Absolutely. Why would he not? And they could splice it in. let's go find him, because allegedly we know several people who may know him. Doesn't he live in, like, Pittsburgh? Yeah, he lives in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh So, yeah, he's not that hard to find. So let's go get Tom. Also, that's another guy, (laughs) speaking of Pittsburgh, that's another motherfucker that looks like he's from Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, that's a Pittsburgh boy right there, He's so fucking Pittsburgh. Tom, if you're listening. I love you. 
please come we on the podcast you, with the yeah. with the extra twenty minute murder we lo- cut we do of love Friday you, Tom. Part Four. And we're a local podcast, which is why you should care. We love Pittsburgh. We love Pittsburgh here. Erie my grandma's from Pittsburgh. It's functionally Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, my grandma's from Pittsburgh too. <laughs> my grandma in law was is from was, Pittsburgh. Was R.I.P. <laughs> was. Oh my my grandma from Pittsburgh's dead too. Yeah. Whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> this is what happens when Emma steps away is you just start bullshitting. About, Nothing about is Pittsburgh. happening here. New podcast <laughs> drinking Let's game. Just riff on we're riffing on something incredibly stupid and you think it might be just because Emma's in the bathroom? Take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> it happens more often than you might if think, you, but when you're looking for now it, that you'll you've find heard it. us say these words and you know to pay attention for it, you might notice it happening. <laughs> doesn't happen every episode sometimes emma's here when it happens that's true this is also true true. but it always happens when they leave without (laughs) i literally it's so bad that i just don't have anything to say to be honest i don't actually have that much to to say about this movie start talking about would be like trivia and stuff and i don't want to do that without emma here yeah so some of the trivia when i was and some of it's terrible but when i was doing my notes for this movie right i was God, how far were we into it? I had one page of notes, one and a half maybe. Is that all you have? Holy and we're shit. about halfway into the movie. No, no, but I have two pages of notes is how many notes that I have. That is not much for you. No, it's not. Uh, and I had one page of notes at the time of writing this note in here that's just like, I just have nothing to say about this movie. There's nothing that happens in the middle. I have nothing to say. Something like that. Hmm. Because the entire middle is just building up our knowledge about the teens that are going to get murdered to try and attach us to them. And also Tommy Jarvis is there. Yeah, so much of the movie is just watching the characters be in situations and interact with each other. And unlike in Friday 3, where we, as we learn about the characters, we also get to watch Jason murder some people on the side. Yeah. Or was that Friday 2? That happens in all of them, I think. You know, (laughs) we don't get as many side murders in this one. And I think it's partially probably because of uh you know family the well not just because of family thank you vin diesel no it's it's (laughs) i think it's probably because they also had to pare down the violence for their ending shot Mm. so they really didn't have any room to waste on murders Yeah, no room for it yeah ultimately had to squeeze in more boobs obviously i mean (laughs) of course there's so many in this movie a lot it's like it feels excessive and every time you think this is surely the last one, Ted puts on. There's a movie. another skinny dipping sequence. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, multiple the, skinny dipping scenes. The vintage porno. <laughs> the yeah, the old timey. It's not technically. Uh, it's it technically speaking, they're called stag films actually. But um, yeah, like oh, it because just, you showed them at a stag and they drag. just keep coming back to them every time. Like they, it pops back to Ted and he's laughing, and there's whoever else maybe in the room, maybe not. And it shows you whatever he's seeing on the screen and it just it keeps doing it. It just keeps happening. Yeah, I I don't know. This movie still sits in like a happy part of my heart because sure. unlike Emma, I love the Jason ending segment. I, I wish Emma was here to hear about that or to, to weigh you mean in like because uh, I would love to know and all that. No, no. I mean, the ending circuit where Jason's just like, let's moita. Oh, yeah. It's time to go. Yeah, because I, I do. I like love that. Yeah, I love that ending circuit because there's the moment where Jason throws Rob, Rob, 
Yeah. Throws Rob through the window. In through the window, yeah. And they're like, oh my God, it's Rob. But Jason doesn't come through the window. Yeah. Jason makes the door explode as he walks through it and enters the room. And uh, fun fact, that's that's when he, he just kind of like bursts in and grabs Tommy, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, fun fact about that, it's it's after Rob gets thrown in through the window, so yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> this is some trivia that um, I, I didn't want to get into with that Emma here, actually. Um, but uh, so Ted White, who played Jason in this one, Mm-hmm. really didn't get along well with Corey Feldman. Oh, he I called that. him, quote, the meanest goddamn little kid, end quote, that he had ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, if you if you listen to Corey Feldman's side of the story, he wasn't getting treated great by the director either. It doesn't seem, from all accounts, it seems like nobody was getting treated well by the director. It seems like the director, Joe Zito, is uh, kind of a piece of shit from the way that he treats actors. And Ted White actually took massive, massive issue with that and had a fairly combative relationship with him on set because of it. Uh, Good guy, Ted White. Um, So when that scene came up, he kind of took it as his opportunity to get back at him a little bit to kind of try and scare him a little bit. So he, when the, you know, the, the cue hit, he waited just a little bit longer so that Feldman would let his guard down, thinking that, like, the stunt had just failed or something, and that they would do another take, and then it would happen. And then he explodes through the door, and he grabs him. So that reaction of, like, shock, the face that he makes, the way that he yells, that's largely genuine, actually, because he was legitimately a little surprised by it. (laughs) I love that. That's great. Also, I mean, I might as well just get into a couple of fun facts about Ted White, because this is a man with a a pretty interesting career. He was a stuntman for a long time after uh, getting out of the Marine Corps. And I was about to say this is Marine Corps Jason. right? Yeah, this is Marine Corps Jason. But the fact that he was in the Marine Corps is kind of like not all that important because he actually had an incredibly notable stuntman career. He doubled for John Wayne and Clark Gable, among other notable actors. Oh my God. Yeah. He was, at the time of being Jason, at the time of making this movie, he was 58 years old. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? How are you going to be 58 years old and you're out being Jason? That's insane. It's crazy talk. On top of that, hilariously, he is almost an entire year older than Betsy Palmer, who played Pam Voorhees. (laughs) She's supposed to be his (laughs) mom. That's so funny. (laughs) That's just funny. Right? Um... Yeah, I'm just I'm kind of in awe of the fact that he was able to be so convincingly physical and shit at the age of 58. Like, it, I feel like 58 for a stuntman is old, right? You, you'd you think he would have 58 for a stuntman feels a little old, but also I always like, think of being a stuntman as like such a young man's game. You know, you got to be able to let your body get the shit beat out of it. And it, at 58, I guess it depends on like, how good a stuntman you are. I, I, you know what? That is a really good point. It could be that Ted White was just a really, really good stuntman. He only just yeah, because died, like, like and last this is year or two at the age of ninety six. I don't, I don't want to be rude to Kane Hodder. We all love Kane Hodder. Nothing but respect for my king, Kane I hate Hodder. Kane Hodder. No, you don't even oh. know Kane Hodder, Emma. You haven't seen his Jason movies yet. You'll love him. I hope. God, I yeah. will. Do you legitimately think that I will? I think you will like hearing about what he commits to as an as an actor being jason however (laughs) what i was about to say though (laughs) is 
<laughs> with all respect to Kane Hodder, the man didn't know where to draw the line. Mm. You know, he's one of those guys who is the epitome of give his entire body and soul to the work he's doing um, yeah, to his yeah. own physical detriment. That's, that's very true. Yeah. And you get some great shots like the um, the burn, like when he fell down the flame or the stairs while he was on fire and then they didn't cut because he didn't make the cut sign and he, just and he back climbed up. back up the stairs and was on fire the whole time and suffered permanent scarring and everything for it. Like King shit, honestly, insane acting. However, that is the mark of a guy who is a great stunt guy, but not a guy that cares about himself. And that's why I would say that uh, this dude maybe is a better stunt performer. He also just another thing about Kane Hodder, though, and the main reason that I love him is he was known mm-hmm. on Friday the 13th movie sets for arguing with directors when told to do something frequently saying things like jason wouldn't do that jason Look, the man who's never spoken a single line of dialogue other than going but jason, a man whose <laughs> who's physical prowess varies wildly from movie to movie man who falls off chairs but also can rip a box god i do box out of a wall yeah. i do love him falling off the chair that's <sighs> such a humanizing I chair I that second little... one was great yeah I miss, I miss my clumsy boy. Clumsy Jason was because he had a bag head. I you liked him see. a lot. I mean, I trust Kane because I heard he really like method acted and went camping in the woods at like a lake and killed a he bunch really of teenagers. He really did murder those teenagers <laughs> uh, yeah. to really get in Jason's mm-hmm. head, and so I feel like he would know best out of anybody how to accurately portray our baby boy. Yeah, Jason. I actually did hear that at one point while he was <laughs> camping in the woods uh, for Jason research, he was like at the same, uh, you know, in, in the same area of the woods that Viggo Mortensen was camping in for Lord of the Rings. And they just like hung out together for a while. Mm, yeah. 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 They shared a, they too. shared a roadkill deer. Yeah. That, that was yeah. on the set of yeah. uh, and Jason And they made Takes passionate love. <laughs> Jason Takes New Zealand is one of my favorite Friday movies. (laughs) I'd actually watch the shit out of that. Jason wouldn't get very far. I feel like the Kiwis would shut him down. I just love the idea of Jason (laughs) entering into um, what we do in the shadows. And they're just like, there's a new man in town and he's he could be quite nice. If he, we don't What's know. What's that accent? I don't know, man. It's a doofy ass voice. I, I'm, I'm my Taika Waititi's not very good. Jeff just did an incredible Taika Waititi. Hey. Jeff did a really good one, and you talked over it. I was doing my bit. It's not my fault. Jeff didn't hear me. <laughs> I did hear you, and your your accent sucked, frankly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Like Swedish. I don't know what that was. I'm just, I'm just. It doesn't fucking matter. I thought you were going for like a Nandor voice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I probably confused Nandor's voice with the voice Taika put on. So. In as yeah, Nandor and Viago at least start out they like start similar, out as characters, similar characters, but yeah. Nandor has evolved away from Viago in a big way. Oh, majorly, majorly. Anyway, I just love the idea of Jason being in what we do in the shadows because that'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, spoiler alert: as a zombie, he does fit into their canon. Yeah, he does. So actually. true. He does. He does. And I, I except for the deadite theory, in which case he does not fit into their canon. Wait, is there a theory that he's a deadite? It comes from the comics, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the comics, there's he's a Friday deadite. the Thirteenth comics, which are about Jason, and there's also Evil Dead comics. And in the Evil Dead comics, it is established actually that the Marvel zombies in the Marvel comics come from the Evil Dead universe. And also, according to the Evil Dead comics, Jason is a deadite, and that's why he is undead in the later parts of the series. 
Oh, okay. I'll buy it. Um, yeah. The Marvel zombies are kind of just... I don't know anything about them. Um, so. Entities. Mm. Well, the uh, there's a version of Deadpool that's just a head named Headpool, and I think that's really all you need okay, to Okay, you don't need to have a zombie I was going to try and make an undeadpool joke, but if we're already there, then okay. <laughs> it's Deadpool. You can't make a joke no, that. No, you can't. Undeadpool is made. just Deadpool without cancer, and he's vibing as a an accountant or something. Good for him. He's like, no, I understand the confusion. I'm not a zombie at all, actually. I'm just an accountant. I'm imagining it's he's because still of the other guy's name. Dresses and acts just like regular Deadpool. It's just that he's an accountant. Yeah, he also has like a suit over, like a, okay. a over the shirt over, the over top of the yeah. suit. You can tell when a movie is just captivating when we start talking about what we do in the shadows and Deadpool. Okay, the movie's well, they're, full they're, of it, bullshit, and so uh, are we. So in a way, Jason, Jason. <laughs> okay, so like Freddy versus Jason was supposed to be Freddy v Jason v Pinhead, that's true. and Ash was a connecting point in there as well. And that's also from the comics, is where like the idea of the crossover even began to exist. So it's kind of connected, actually. So anyways, I love crossovers. Um, back to Ted White as Jason. Your He's... love, Freddie B. Jason. <laughs> I don't think I love it. Um, <laughs> so uh, another fun thing about, uh, well, less fun actually about Ted White as Jason. He is uncredited in this movie. If you watch the credits, he's never mentioned. This oh. is because Ted White did not want to be in this movie. So he is not credited by his own request. <laughs> he said, please don't put my name on this because I don't want to be connected to it. And since he was saying this directly to Joe Zito, the director, I assume he also said, I don't want to be connected to you because he hated that guy. Because that guy, once again, sounds like he sucks. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I mentioned before, Ted White took massive, massive issue with the way that Joe Zito treated actors on set. Notably, uh, well, most notably, the way that he made an actress get fucking hypothermia in the, the raft stabbing scene. Because it was real, real oh, cold damn. out oh. there, and she was naked, and he wouldn't let her get out of the water and get warmed up and shit in between takes for way, way too long. And it got all the way to the point where Ted White basically told him, I'm quitting this fucking stupid production immediately and walking right off now if you don't let her go warm up immediately. So they finally did. It was already a little bit too late because she already had fucking hypothermia, which is goddamn ridiculous. So fuck Joe Zito. Uh, Joe Zito also made two Chuck Norris movies. Indeed, oh he my God. did. So that tells us most of what we need to know about this dude, right? He almost made well, good. Um, good for Ted White. He he almost made a Spider-Man movie long before Sam Raimi ever got the chance. There was uh, it, you can find information Jeez. about this really. Uh, fortunately ill-fated Spider-Man adaptation that, uh, what, Canon Films almost made, wherein Spider-Man was not the oh, wow. Spider-Man that you know from the comics. He was more like a werewolf, but a spider. And Doc Ock was called <laughs> Professor Octopus. And his catchphrase that, was saying okie-dokie <laughs> all the time. Professor Octopus. <laughs> Are you... You're not joking. This is I serious? I am not joking. This is a movie that actually almost got made. And this is one of the dudes who was attached to direct it. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. I actually have nothing to say to that. That's obscene. Right? It's it's very, very bad. <laughs> and Professor Octopus was going to be played by Nick Cage. That might have saved it. Oh, that might have saved it, actually, you know? Because I'm imagining Nick Cage saying okie dokie, and I think it works. 
Oh, oh, yeah, no, I definitely think that yeah, works. Yeah, Are you know, kidding me? Like, Hell yeah. <laughs> I've changed my mind. I've changed my mind. Yeah, I'd watch the shit out of that. Mind. I would be laughing at it. This it is my good, Zack Snyder's. But I'd watch it this, anyway. <laughs> this is my Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> I'm not willing to go that far. <laughs> um, yeah, let's see. I think. I think I might have blown most of my trivia at this point. And once again, this movie is so largely full of bullshit that there's really just not even that much to talk about. So what's everybody's favorite kills? Yeah. I think mine is the one uh, twin getting even... thrown out the window and hitting the car because I like the way that like the windows blow out and stuff. It's a cool set of scenes, set of shots. That is fun. I, um... Axel's pretty good. The bone saw kill is nice. He like cuts his throat with the saw and then turns his head all the way around. It's it rad. digs in pretty good. I wish we'd. I wish we got to see more of it. The Savini edition. Yeah. I want the Savini cut. Um, damn okay. It. Uh, so I I don't like the kills in this movie very no? much. This is my hot take. Oh, um, yeah. I think a lot of them are stabbing through material or like cutting someone's throat from behind or throwing them out a window. Like it's it all seems very standard slasher stuff. I think my favorite's the groin harpoon because it's Okay, that's really good. <laughs> that is it's the a The groin choice. harpoon is this easy standout. Easy standout because apart that one and then obviously the thrown out the window landing on a car thing is is fun. Um but it's still it's like we see remarkable. the thrown out the window thing twice more after that, yeah. so it loses its sparkle for me. Sure. Um, but and then everything else is pretty much standard, basic. We've seen this kind of kill before. It's cool looking, but it's not like anything. I think part of the problem is we watch Lost Boys, and those kills oh. are off the chain. No, oh, oh, okay. Absolutely off the shits. You're gonna love it whenever you watch. Just it. as a side uh, note, though, so, I think Groin Harpoon could be a cool band name. Yeah, absolutely, but it does just sound like slang for a dick. Yeah. Yeah, true. And? <laughs> okay, you got me there. Feature, not a bug. What's up, babe? I got my groin harpoon ready to go. Any, anyway. It's more like a groin squirt gun, honestly. <laughs> Sometimes Emma will tell a joke. And then they'll sit there straight faced after they say it. <laughs> and it, it makes it worse because I feel like I've just been like shot by someone who doesn't know that guns kill people. That's what <laughs> What a take. That's such a specific feeling to have. <laughs> Well, that's how it feels. Guns don't kill people. <laughs> My jokes do. Anyway, what are other people's favorite kills in this movie? Uh, I like the dog suicide because <laughs> the, the way that the glass shatters and explodes out is really cool. Yeah. The dog is also a good dog, and I don't believe that the actual dog got hurt based on... That's like one of my things is whenever the dog is clearly having a good time. The, and this dog yeah. is dog's very tail clearly. is wagging. Yeah, in the suicide in the dog suicide scene, as the dog is jumping out the window, it's like it's not even like a big jump. It's like it just the, way the dog that looks jo so 
focused on the fact that he is doing his yeah. job. And well, I Well, and he looks like he's getting ready him. to land on something, right? It's this the kind of yeah. jump that you might expect from a dog who's hopping down like off of a porch, maybe. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not out a window. He was yeah. training for Airbud. Well, maybe he was. Yeah. Was this yeah. the same dog? He, I don't he know. He did a great job. I don't think so. Um, I'm going to try and find this dog on IMDb. Give me a minute. <laughs> you guys keep talking. <laughs> uh, I'm ready for Noah's notes whenever y'all are. Oh, God, I am already? also ready for Noah's notes. We've had you know a what, rash fair, of long episodes, and now we're hitting a movie that simply cannot support one. It's Much like of, Friday the honestly, 13th, we are padding this episode. <laughs> this is honestly still, I mean... For a year ago, this would still be a longer episode. Oh, that's true, actually. We were keeping it at a tight hour and a half for a while. Yeah. Sad days, those were. Okay, <laughs> let's do this. So once again, <laughs> I would love to remind everyone that this came out five years after Alien. Yeah, that was something that I kept thinking yeah. about as we watched this movie. That and then The Lost Boys, because I, th I think those are two movies that it's kind of a shame that we watched before this one. Oh, Noah. Half a second. That's I'm, not how you spell famous. Shut up. Let's see. Um, Elm Street came out this year. Children of the Corn came out this year. Uh, top picks for me. No, I just want... I just Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So the first Indiana Jones had already come out. Oh, it's it's profiling me right now. It's like because you watched Friday the, 4th, Friday the 13th final chapter. It's telling me about the Toxic Avenger, but that's... I just want to know good movies that came out. <laughs> Oh, there's a there's a new Toxic Avenger movie coming out, isn't there? I am or being worked on. I am tentatively excited, but Toxic Avenger sure is a movie. Um, um yeah. Ghostbusters came out this year. Oh wow! Back to the Future as well, right? Because eighty four. That's Gremlins came out a lot this year. Of shit came out in eighty four. You know, I just I feel like it is really important. Just context every now and then to you know because we talk about movies being older sometimes, and sometimes you can like lose a little bit of context sure. like alien and coming out in like 79 sure that's that's uh very early for uh movies for right? something so of that there's nature. a lot of stuff that you might not have heard about but then every now and then i feel like we do need to be reminded that in 1984 the terminator came out yeah. which is a good to look at movie a well-written movie a well-paced movie um uh you know since i used it as my frame of reference last time that we talked about when a movie came out the james bond movies that came out around this time um oh. 1983 was octopussy <laughs> which is a movie that i've seen that feels like a movie oh. from the 60s which is no. no 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 okay oh, but no. 1985 was my favorite bond movie view to a Ooh. kill with christopher walken and, and uh grace jones i found a computer in the Spencer. so um actually could you put some respect on its name, it's Professor Octopussy. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> oh no. This is going to yeah, go what else? right um, next to what? Epic Bad Luck John on Carpenter's my The Thing had been out for two years by the time this came out as well. Yeah. yeah. I still haven't watched that. Ooh. This oh, is cover really it sometime. I, I don't. I am okay, so afraid I, you won't like it, terrified. but it is really good. <laughs> I think that I think that that's also important to note because we've been talking about movies that have come out recently too, mm. 
And sometimes I'll go see a bad movie, and I'll remember that. And I was while we were watching Friday the Fourteenth, four, right? <laughs> I, really, I really want to call it that for yeah, like no Friday, reason. Yeah, Friday the Thirteenth, four. Um, I was watching it and thinking to myself, um, because there are actors I'm starting to recognize in this right. one, right? Um, Crispin Glover. Uh, I'm the. Crispin Glover. Uh, I I started thinking to myself like, oh, my mom could have seen this one in theaters if she had been into horror movies. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple years later, she could have gone and seen Lost Boys. And then it, I realized like, oh, there are bad movies and good movies in the past that people would have walked out of the theaters and been like, that kind of sucked, you know, uh -huh. comparatively to walking out of a movie and being like, that was a fucking masterpiece. Um, and I think sometimes I forget that like and like so many movies came out when I was in college, like Split and Annihilation came out not too far apart from each mm. other. And Annihilation is amazing and Split is Split. Um, yeah. And The Visit, you know, sometimes I just forget that good movies and bad movies can come out the same year. And so uh, even though we can talk about like because being old does affect movies and they're like how we, we view them. Oh, sure. But like. In the grand scheme of things, I don't feel like this movie was a great movie for the year it came out. Uh, on that note, I the, like literally two days ago got a like on one of my old Letterboxd reviews oh. uh, from June. And it was when we watched Van Helsing. <laughs> and the review that I, I, it literally is just sometimes you forget there was a whole era where movies just sucked ass. Yeah. And it was called the 2000s. <laughs> It's partially because of the writer's strike. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but there is a charm to, to 2000 suck. What was it that I watched recently that I was like, wow, this feels... Oh, I know what it was. I can't talk about it, actually. No. Bummer. I was like, the, uh, it was a movie. Speaking I of the writer's strike. <laughs> right? <laughs> I think um, I can guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, the Barbie movie. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. The Barbie movie. Anyway, uh, Noah's Notes. Noah says, um, <laughs> whose hands are like so big? Jason's? Yeah. Oh, he got okay. big hands Noah, in this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Got... His giant hands fall out super close to the camera out of like the gurney where he's covered up like mm -hmm. so many times. I am choosing to believe Noah's... that that's Jason just like putting his hands out of the gurney to be annoying. Yeah. Yeah, no, that definitely seems like he's 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 in Bummerland right now. He's really sad that he died. He's, he's coming just off like, of a massive. I don't even L. feel like keeping my hand here. Yeah, he did. He is. Noah says, um, in rapid succession, boobs. Then, yeah. bet they're gonna bitch out on Dong. Then they did. Yep. Sad. Yeah, dong. Yeah. It's yeah. been a while since we had they Dong on this do. show. No, seven had dong. Seven had seven a little did. Have dong. Yeah. Oh, a I forgot briefly, a ghoul that we could have gabbed, Noah. We're only about halfway through. We're halfway through playing Outlast. Oh, we, oh there's we, dong in that. Hey. Speaking of dongs, <laughs> there's, there's so Outlast, much dong. Yeah. Flop, 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 flop. There's a good amount That's of dong in Outlast. That's the only thing I know about, actually. But we're only, we're about halfway through. It's, it, we're having fun. Nice. Um, I thought you were about to bring up Saw. Because we've been watching through the Saw franchise. We have, but I don't want to talk about And there were no, them. there's no dong in Saw. No. There's, there's barely boobs. There's a bit of boobs. But there were Anyway, some. Noah's notes. Noah says, some pack of patootsies, huh? What the fuck does that mean, Tommy no, what Jarvis? Is that? <laughs> What's he talking about? 
Just like talking to his sister. So your naked friends are pretty naked. Well, and like the way that she That's reacts weird, suggests that she knows what the word patootsies is supposed to refer to. I mean, I can infer, but like. One thing I gotta say about <laughs> Trish is she handles the stumbling onto the skinny dipping scene very well. Like they're all like, hey, Trish. And she's like, ah, I'm overdressed. See you guys line. later. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's, she kills it. Uh, Noah's Noah just has a, a movie a quote in here that's pretty good, which is, what's your problem? No problem. No, like, with the car. Oh, well, it won't start. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, for how dumb a lot of the dialogue in this movie is, I there are a handful of lines that I really, really like. Noah says... <laughs> Noah says, Dick Poon, is this anything? Um... Dick poon, like harpoon like in the dick. There's, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's what about it's like, nothing. No, what, what if you were to go for something more like um, harpeen? <laughs> Maybe. Great. Okay. Cool. Thank you, Jeff. Got it in one. Let's move on. <laughs> Noah says, "God, I have zero notes. Nothing happens in this movie." <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of true. There's like just not a lot to riff no. on. You know, no. like Once again, the movie. Some of my notes. Oh, I, here's I write a good down. note. <laughs> Noah says, this shower sounds so wet, but like in a haunted basement way. Yeah, what's with the Ooh. dripping sound effects in the shower yeah, scene? It's, it sounds it literally, like the so wet, yeah. There was a moment when we were watching Goblin last mm. night, Claudio Simonetti's Goblin. That's right. And there was like a dripping sound to intro and outro a song. Yeah. And I lean over to Nina and I'm like, oh my God, just like in Friday 4. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> anyway. Noah says, uh, Noah says, oh my God, I forgot that. And he says, what's her name in parentheses? He's talking about Sarah. He says, oh my God, I forgot that what's her name wasn't our fated final girl. Probably because she's now no longer a virgin. Ah, uh, yeah. And, and then he, <laughs> and then okay. he says, slut. <laughs> yeah, Nina's out here butchering the delivery. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I couldn't. I couldn't roll right into it. I was going to laugh. Um, yeah, no, she has sex one time and then she gets killed for it. Hey, Jason says no sex, no drugs, no alcohol. She's like agonizing it's a very over it for firm the whole rule. rest of the movie leading up to it as well. <laughs> yeah. Noah says, oh, Noah quotes me here. Um, I, I said during the movie that if you had told me someone else was going to go out a window, I would not have guessed it would have been the dog. <laughs> Yeah. The dog was not on my list of characters that are going to go out a window. Uh, Noah says, man, the first half was okay. The middle blew and the end goes so fucking hard. We already know what our general opinions That's are on that. a third, not a half. I can't read from this distance, uh -huh. Noah. Nina can't read. Wow. L -L -L. Oh, man. Most illiterate <laughs> Noah says, of the podcast over here. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I don't have to do it professionally. <laughs> Noah says... Uh, wish anything Tommy was doing made any nice. sense right now. Or ever. It doesn't even matter at what point in the movie you wrote that note because it 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 works no matter what. I think we have a theme uh, as well. I don't know about Nightmare, but for at least for um for Friday for Friday and for Halloween, we have a theme this year. Uh, Noah says Tommy killed Jason, so that means he's the new Jason. Obviously, I have always heard yeah. that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so true. he became Jason. By anyway, the previous uh, 
Yeah, it's because uh, he's a. I mean, if he's a deadite, then I guess that makes sense. That's and that's yeah. Friday the Thirteenth Part Four, the final chapter, the final the Friday, not the final Friday. That's that's a different. We're done. Part, I think. We don't have to watch it's anymore. Yeah, how's it feel? Emma? You you never uh, have to watch another so Friday the Thirteenth. It feels so good that I don't have to. watch Except it that they remade it in two thousand nine. We got to watch that next year. <laughs> okay, but how funny would it be if we skipped past Friday Part Five: New Beginnings and just did the <laughs> fucking reboot that made um michael bay walk out of the theater saying this is the most disgusting trash i've ever seen michael bay walked out in disgust. director of transformers right. yeah and he... ambulance hit movie blockbuster ambulance be nice to twitter Brandon. <laughs> i'm but never gonna be nice to him no, about that much. because yeah he helped fund the um he's like an executive uh, texas chainsaw reboot shit. Yeah, he was executive producer on a lot of horror reboots, yeah. and, they and he sucked. was so mad at the Friday the 13th one. See, here's the thing about Friday the 13th. Which is wild, because objectively, it's fine. See, okay, here's the thing about it. I never watched the whole thing. I never finished it because I hated it so much, but the first half hour of it, <laughs> okay, Michael Bay. the first half hour of it is a perfect Friday the 13th short. Like, everything up, and then to, Jared the, everything up to the title drop. The first half hour before the title drop there. Yeah, everything before mm-hmm. Padalecki shows up, basically, yeah, is like a perfect Friday the 13th movie. Also, this was Jared Padalecki at, like, peak Supernatural fame. Oh, is that when that was? Nice. No, maybe not peak, but as he was hitting the Supernatural stride. Right, he was very firmly they pull the him Supernatural into this, guy. And they pulled Jensen Ackles into the god-awful... Um, my bloody valentine reboot mm, yeah also called jason goes to canada by me yes that's that's what the uh, original feels like anyway i've anyway. been noah <laughs> you can find me as bubba the bad b-u-b-b-a-d-a-b-a-d i'm on uh blue ski insta yeah that's pretty much it right now Aww. let's be real and letterboxd and letterboxd and letterboxd <laughs> so you can you you You're too welcome. can like noah's review of van helsing yeah. Sometimes yeah. movies suck ass, and that's okay. Um, are we? We're doing Nightmare next, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Because oh, we gotta Halloween. get a certain someone to Halloween. No, we gotta get someone special for Halloween. Oh, okay. Michael Myers himself. Yeah, Michael In Myers. The studio. <laughs> um, <coughs> you good? I have a tickle. Oh no. I've been coughing like the last ten minutes. Yeah, I noticed. Nina only cares wow. now. Anyway, Jeff edited the coughs out masterfully. <laughs> But now Nina brought it up. <laughs> he was coughing the whole it's time. Good, anyway. Lot, and I cleaned it up so well. <laughs> anyway, I'm Nina. You can find me at Nina Wolverina on Twitter still. I'm there till it dies. On Instagram and on Blue Sky. Uh, I write books and do art. Uh, you can find all of that on both plot on any platform that you can find me on at Nina Wolverina. Uh, my card in my bio has links to my books including a uh, horror romance novella that i wrote in september that is releasing chapter by chapter mondays and wednesdays for the next month and a half or so until all the chapters are out and it's really uh, there are two so endings far. and thank two you endings there are two endings and i need readers to vote on which ending uh they want to be the canon print edition ending so if you read it while it's releasing and uh you vote on it you can be part of why half of my readership hates me uh thank you so <laughs> much for listening we also have here with us Edie, jeff 
Uh, and you can and, and you can find me on <laughs> what uh, I say like uh, that? shit. Where's the place that I still am? Tumblr on what is at, at what is it you pray for? I'm there too. Uh, Noah's also there. Um, and uh, the, allegedly, I am also on Letterboxed at the Fakest Fan. And I'm Emma, also known as Emma Panada. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Emma Panada. I'm also writing a TTRPG called All the Witches. You can find information about that at All the Witches underscore on Twitter.com and at BlueSky.com at All the Witches. Woo! Thanks so much for hanging out with us, everybody. We'll see you next time. Next time for Nightmare. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha